0: Hey, Disney fan. Have you ever wanted to know how we make the magic? Or maybe what's happening at Disney every single week? Well, have we got the podcast for you. This is D23 Inside Disney. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney.
1: I'm Jeffrey from D23.
0: I'm Candice from Radio Disney. And we are taking you Inside Disney.
1: Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey,
2: Jeffrey. Hey, Candice. Doing good. How are you guys?
1: God, missing you both at least missing seeing you in person that's for sure
0: i know this is the next best thing but i miss seeing you guys too
1: agree agree so what have you guys been doing what have you been watching
2: i actually rented mcfarlane usa do you guys remember that film yeah yeah just needed a feel good like sports story and that one's so good so i, I literally rented it on itunes <laughs>
0: that's week,
1: awesome
3: that's such a good nice
0: yeah. Ooh. Well, I'm thinking about starting to do a little crafting in my in my free time. There's a lot of free time, so I can make a lot of crafts. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw on Disney Family's website, they have this really cute DIY where you can make your own Mickey Mouse shaped push pins just out of hot glue and push pins. Really? <laughs> I have both of those things at home, so I think I'm going to try and report back.
1: Ooh, yes, please.
0: Christmas gifts. Uh, Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: great. Based on how much time she may have on her hands, it could be uh, Arbor Day gifts, Fourth of July (laughs) gifts, Memorial Day gifts, Labor Day gifts.
0: gifts. Keeps on giving.
1: I've just continued watching more of Clone Wars, which our good friend Ashley Eckstein is joining us later today. She's the voice of Ahsoka Tana on Star Wars The Clone Wars, which is on Disney Plus, as well as the founder (laughs) of her universe. But before that, we've got some Disney news to hit on.
0: So April is here, which means Earth Month is here, and we're celebrating in all kinds of ways on Disney+. Plus. So there are two new Disney nature films that are debuting this Friday. The first one I'm very excited about is called Elephant, and it's narrated by Meghan Markle. So in the film, you follow this mother elephant, Shani, and her spirited son, Jomo, as they make an epic journey hundreds of miles across the desert. They face brutal heat dwindling resources they are predators it sounds like there's a whole lot of drama here but i'm rooting for the two of them on their way to a lush green paradise Aww, dolphin reef is also coming out on disney plus this friday Mm. it's narrated by natalie portman
1: and i love dolphins
0: me too Yeah, I can't wait for this one. And then I know I mentioned this last week, and I'm going to try to sneak it into every episode from here on out, but Penguins is also <laughs> making its Disney Plus debut.
2: Love that. So going to watch that one, probably
0: first. Yes, I highly recommend It is yeah. Oh, it, it's really moving.
1: It's a great way to celebrate Earth Month. You've got all of the fantastic Disney nature movies, as well as all of the incredible Nat Geo content.
0: Yeah, that's at least a month of content. <laughs>
2: So good. Well, speaking of content, sports fans, I don't know about you, but this made me so, so happy. ESPN announced they are pushing up the Michael Jordan documentary. They were originally going to air it closer to the NBA Finals. Obviously, that's not happening in May or June like it was supposed to. But we're excited about this 10-part documentary series. Of course, it's all centered around Michael Jordan's last season with the Chicago Bulls. And this is going to air on Sunday nights over five consecutive weeks from April 19th through May 17th, and I'm just really excited about kind of going back to the 90s. The Bulls were everything in the 90s, so you'll see some never-before-seen footage from the 97-98 season when the Bulls were trying to go after their sixth NBA championship in eight years. So a lot of big names. Of course, some of Michael Jordan's key teammates will be featured, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Steve Kerr, their head coach, Phil Jackson, and so many others in the basketball world, and probably some surprise celebrities, I would imagine.
1: Basketball is the thing where they kick the ball <laughs> down the field and then use a puck to score, right?
0: Yep. sounds close it. enough.
1: Okay, good. I completely appreciate the sports, but generally, I watch football with my mother, and she is yelling things, and I'm like, I don't understand, but what I do understand is cute baby zebras.
0: Yay. yeah.
1: So a Hartman zebra foal was born on Saturday morning, March 21st, to her mom, Heidi, at Disney's Animal Kingdom. So exciting. I mean...
2: cute.
1: They just debuted the video of her and the pictures, and she is adorable. It's a girl. She's not yet named, but I'm sure that our friends at the Parks blog will post when she has a name. She's about 65 pounds, which, I mean... That's a, that's a big baby.
2: <laughs> yes, it is. It's <laughs> a
1: big baby. The mom and the foal are bonding, which is very important to the zebra. And once they have developed a strong bond, they're going to get introduced into the Kilimanjaro Safari Savannah. So guests who ride on the safari will be able to see them, which I think is so awesome.
0: That is cute. awesome. Speaking of cute things, the Dapper Dans of Disneyland Resorts Main Street USA are still singing guys and you can check out their first of its kind performance in hashtag voices from home so if you haven't seen this yet pause the podcast go to disney (laughs) parks blog this is exactly what you need right now so here you can see all of the dapper dans recording from their homes from burbank to houston to everywhere in between singing when you wish upon a star and guys it was like seven seconds into the video and I started crying. It's so good. It is
1: so good. It's beautiful. I just love that they're still making music and making a little magic. I I don't mind saying that. I love it.
0: Yeah, you can vote for what the Dapper Dans are going to sing next on the Disney Parks blog. So the choices are When I See an Elephant Fly a Disney medley, and what I'm hoping is going to win what I voted for is Grim Grinning Ghosts. That's a good
2: one. Seeing them made me so happy, but you know what also made me so happy was the virtual viewing of the Magic Happens Parade at Disney World. I could watch this all day, or even just listen to it without watching it. It's still just as magical, but it's on the parks blog, and this was inspired by the videos that Disney fans have been posting. Hopefully, you guys have seen them, like kind of recreating Disney parks experiences in their homes. These are so creative. If you haven't seen it, you gotta find some. But they're sharing hashtag Disney magic moments, and you can see the parade in your living room, so it's really cute. My favorite part, I think, was going Moana into Coco.
1: Oh no. yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: super cute
1: i was so happy that i got to see it in person but they did such a fantastic job of capturing all of the color and the fun and the dancing and the music the music by todra call who i happened to see this morning when i went to target so there you go no! making it full circle <laughs> the music and it, and it
2: was, was jamming too
1: it, it's so good it took all of my like people were talking to him like fanning over him and it it did take all of my willpower to not gush to him and say i just was watching the magic happens parade and the disney parks (laughs) blog i walked away very quietly um (laughs) but in other news d23 has a great sneak peek so there are these twisted tale stories that disney publishing has created they're sort of twists on stories a, a what if if you will. The new one, So This Is Love, asks, what if Cinderella never put on the glass slipper?
3: Ooh, whoa. What, if she,
1: yeah, what if she was unable to prove that she was the missing princess from the ball? So a D23 has an exclusive sneak peek of the book, as well as a Q&A with Elizabeth Lim. So you can check that out right now at D23.com.
2: Super cool. All right, so another way for you to spend your time right now is gaming, and there's a new mobile app game. It's called Disney Sorcerer's Arena. Now, you can download this in the App Store and Google Play. It's really cool because if you're playing it, you'll see like Captain Jack Sparrow interacting with Sully from Monsters, Inc., facing like Ariel from The Little Mermaid. So super cute video game,
0: Disney Sorcerer's Arena. Nice. Look for that, y'all. Jeffrey, I know you've been very involved in this. If you guys haven't seen this already, Storytime With is a really cool brand new video series that's up now on Disney Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. And it's featuring some familiar faces from the Disney family sharing some of their favorite stories. What I love about this is it really doesn't matter how young or old you are. These videos are for every Disney fan. So, this week we got a Star Wars story from Ashley Eckstein, who we get to hear from in a little bit, and Mingna Wen, Disney legend, and Jeff Goldblum, and a couple more mm-hmm. folks. So make sure you're following Disney in all the social places for more stories from more surprise guests.
1: I know that they're geared for kids and families, but I do have to say I get very emotional watching them sometimes because I love some of the personal messages and the personal touches that totally. they, they give to it. D23 just announced their five fantastic things to watch this weekend. So I know what I'm doing. Okay. Well, first, we've got the fairy tale, Disney Fairytale Weddings finale on Disney+. Plus. I have been binging the whole season. I am all up to date. I am ready to watch on Friday night. And I'm also excited, I know we've mentioned her a couple of times before, but Corey McFan, who works with Disney Fairytale Weddings at Walt Disney World, she's going to be on an upcoming show. We had a great opportunity to chat with her when we were there. So some cool Disney Fairytale Wedding secrets on their way in an upcoming episode.
2: So good. Also on the list from ESPN is Glory Road. Jeffrey, sorry, more basketball. I'm just missing sports right now. (laughs) If you couldn't tell. They've timed this. Normally the NCAA Final Four would be going on right now. But since it's not, you can watch Glory Road, which is the true story of future Hall of Fame coach Don Haskins, who, if you don't know, started the first all-African-American lineup in college basketball. So there you go, sports fans. I'm with you.
0: Another fantastic thing to watch this week is Onward, which is coming to Disney Plus this weekend. woo I got popcorn. I'm waiting. I'm ready.
1: <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait to see it again. I'm really, really excited about that. Freeform actually is going to be doing a marathon of Everything's Gonna Be Okay, which is, it's a great show. It's kind of wacky. It's kind of out there. It's probably not for the kids. I'll just say that. But it's, uh, it's a great show, and I'm looking forward to actually binging on it all weekend long.
0: Cool. And last but certainly not least is oh, the woo-hoo. season three. <laughs> nice. Season three that. premiere of DuckTales on Disney XD.
1: Yes. Woo-hoo. Cannot wait. Love
2: that. It takes me back to D23 Expo when I jumped into like the um,
0: DuckTales. <gasps> oh, the money bin. bin. The money yeah. bin. Yes. yes.
1: Yes. And so this, I guess this season, they are going on a hunt for the world's greatest lost artifacts with a secret organization from Scrooge's past, the fiendish organization for world larceny. Foul. Trying to <laughs> stop them at any cost. I love a good acronym. Totally. Uh, it's always great when we can have a friend on the show. And we are thrilled today to have with us Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka Tana on The Clone Wars, also the founder of her universe, an author, and an all-around pretty freaking fantastic person. So Ashley, thank you for joining us virtually for the show.
3: Aw, thank you so much for having me. I've been a fan of the show from the beginning, so I'm excited to finally come chat with you guys.
2: Awesome. Well, I have to ask you, because we've all been spending so much time at home lately We've been watching a lot of content. What have you been watching?
3: Well, of course, Disney Plus. I had a lot to catch up on. You know, for me, with new episodes of Clone Wars, you know, dropping every Friday, I've actually been going back and watching older episodes of Clone Wars, as well as the new ones. We've just had the first four episodes, which are the Bad Batch episodes, where my friend Dee Bradley Baker is the voice of all of the clones. He's an absolute master uh, at at voiceovers. So lots of Clone Wars here. But my two Great loves in life are Disney and Star Wars. And, you know, Disney actually is probably my greater love. It slightly edges out Star Wars. And, you know, I've been going back and watching some of my favorite movies. I went back the other day and watched The Princess and the Frog. That movie Aww, is such so, a good one. It's so good and it's so underrated. I love it so much. So I watched that one. Of course, I rewatched Hercules. I love Hercules. Aww. And then the last thing I will say, I introduced my niece's nephew to the gummy bears. Oh, <laughs> Yes. Bouncing here awesome. and there and everywhere. Yes, yes. I think I was more excited than they were, but it was fun. They were trapped with me. They had to watch it. I love that.
1: <laughs> I've been binging Clone Wars Season 7. For those listening who don't know, the show actually takes place between the events of Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, and Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Ashley, it's amazing that this show has been on and sustained so incredibly well for as long as it has. How did you get involved with it?
3: I was actually living in LA. I was a, you know, full-time actress and I was primarily on camera for film and television. Um, at the time I played Muffy on That's So Raven, which you can also stream on Disney+. Plus. But it was a dream of mine to be a voice actress, you know, growing up being so inspired by movies like The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. And I wanted so badly to be like Jodie Benson. I asked my agent if they would start sending me out on voiceover auditions and it wasn't easy. It was a very long road. I actually had auditioned for four years, which was probably about 400 auditions that I did not get. And it was rejection after rejection after rejection. And you know, I remember I went into the audition for The Clone Wars and they were running an hour behind. It was at the end of a very long day and they wanted me to audition for the role of Padme. And I couldn't do Natalie Portman's voice because they wanted to sound alike. And so I was so discouraged, especially after so much rejection, I, um, I called my agent and I said, you know, I think I'm going to leave this audition. I don't think I have a shot. And I'm forever grateful to my agent because he said, no. He goes, Ashley, I want you to stay because you never know what could happen. And thankfully, I stayed. And I had no idea that there was this new character called Ahsoka Tano. And I ended up booking the role of Ahsoka. So I'm forever indebted to my agent for making me stay.
0: Oh, that's such a good life lesson. Just keep going. Yes, definitely. Keep swimming. <laughs> yeah. Yes, just keep swimming. <laughs> well, you mentioned earlier that you have a deep love for Disney and Star Wars. So had you always been a Star Wars fan? When did that start?
3: Yes, yes, I've always been a Star Wars fan. You know, my Disney fandom started first because my dad was a Disney cast member. So when I was 18 months old, we moved to Orlando, Florida. And you could definitely say I grew up Disney. So my love of Disney runs deep. But early on, you know, my parents also introduced us to a lot of sci fi and fantasy, specifically Star Wars. So, you know, I grew up. Watching Star Wars uh, on VHS, actually, you know, in my living room. But then when uh, Star Tours opened at what was then MGM Studios, now Disney's Hollywood Studios, when Star Tours opened, I actually went, you know, right when it opened. And, you know, I feel like my Star Wars fandom just grew. I just fell in love with it. I remember I bought the plush, the little plush Ewok. I wouldn't, you know, I took it with me everywhere. I wouldn't leave it at home. And it was just so immersive to see those giant adats ats and, you know, the trees of Endor and getting to ride Star Tours. You know, I definitely contribute, you know, the opening of Star Tours to making me an even bigger Star Wars fan.
2: Wow. Well, Ahsoka was a landmark character in the Star Wars galaxy. Can you talk
3: about that and a little more about her? You know, landmark character is definitely a good description for her because, you know, it hasn't been too terribly long since, you know, we were introduced to Ahsoka in 2008. But so much has changed since then. Now the lead of the new Star Wars trilogy is Rey. It's a female character. You know, we have characters like Jyn ErsO and Hera and Sabine from Star Wars Rebels. We're about to get a Black Widow movie where you know female characters are, are front and center. But it's easy to forget that not so long ago. Back in 2008, when Ahsoka Tano was introduced, she was the first female Jedi that was a lead character in the Star Wars universe. And that was groundbreaking. It actually sent shockwaves throughout the galaxy that not only did Anakin Skywalker have a Padawan, but that his Padawan was a 14-year-old girl. And That was so groundbreaking at the time because, you know, when kids would play Star Wars on the playground, of course girls had Princess Leia and Padme Amidala, which are two incredibly strong characters. Princess Leia, you know, practically shaped the person I am today but there wasn't that main lead character that girls could be that carried a lightsaber there wasn't that lead character that a girl could play on the playground with the boys and you know now they had a sokatano and it was huge that's awesome well what is it like for you to see your character on merch and even represented in disney parks it must be pretty surreal Oh, surreal is the best word for it, because (laughs) it's constantly surreal. I mean, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, especially having done this character since 2008. Even back then, Ahsoka had, you know, action figures and trading cards and dolls you know they say oh well don't you get used to that i can tell you you never get used to it <laughs> it will always be surreal it's always exciting to get the call and say you know i need to go record my voice for a new lightsaber or you know the holocron at star wars galaxy's edge you know i got to record my voice for the white kyber crystal for that holocron you know it's so exciting and and to see kids you know, or in adults as well, you know, geek out over this merchandise. Myself included, I geek out over it. It's such a cool feeling and something I'm just forever grateful for. Do you have some of that stuff in your house? Oh, yes. I have. All of the Ahsoka toys and things in my house. I actually have a whole Star Wars closet dedicated to Ahsoka. So I try oh, wow. to buy at least one of everything that they make for Ahsoka. And I have a pretty cool Star Wars closet that I, you know, show the kids and and show fans whenever they come over. My current prize possession are Ahsoka's lightsabers that they sell at Doc Ondar's at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So I keep those out and at the ready because you never know when you're going to need your own set of lightsabers. So um, <laughs> I definitely have my my own collection.
1: You mentioned recording things from outside of Clone Wars. And if I remember correctly, you actually recorded something for The Rise of Skywalker, right?
3: Yes, I did. I did. That was probably one of the coolest um things I've I've ever gotten to do, one of, you know, the biggest highlights of my entire career. Last year, it was around April, I found out that it was a possibility that Ahsoka would have a line or two in episode 9 Rise of Skywalker. So, I actually went in and recorded some temporary lines. And that was it. You know, they they thanked me and they said, if we decide to use these for real, we'll call you back in in October and they'll actually be in the movie. In my mind, I thought, okay, there's no way. There's no way. They're going to change their mind or it's going to get cut. And October came and the first two weeks of October came and I hadn't heard anything. And I thought, okay, sure enough, they changed their mind. Well, I, you know, as luck would have it, I got a call and they said, okay, you know, are you available this week to go into Bad Robot and record a couple of lines? And they confirmed that it was for episode nine. And I couldn't believe it. I literally was like, oh my gosh, this is happening. But still, at that point, I didn't allow myself to believe it because, you know, you actually you know, for any, whether it's on camera or voiceover, they do so many edits and so many cuts and so much gets left on the editing room floor. So until I saw the movie, I didn't believe it. But I will say I got to go into Bad Robot. There was just three people in the room. Two of the people were J.J. Abrams and Matthew Wood. And, you know, I walk in and J.J. Abrams couldn't have been nicer. He was so nice, so kind. And the first thing he said, you know, after introducing himself, he said, thank you so much for being in the film. And I was just like, oh my gosh, no, thank you (laughs) for including (laughs) me in the movie. It was an incredible session. It lasted about 15 to 20 minutes. You know, I recorded all of the lines. You know, it was very much a cold reading. It was so top secret. I was not given the lines ahead of time. So I was performing them as I was reading them for the first time. So <laughs> I didn't even have any chance, like, to practice. But I guess you could say I was running on adrenaline. And, you know, JJ couldn't have been nicer. And I'm grateful that it actually made the made the cut. That is so cool. We'll we'll go back
2: to Clone Wars for a second cuz at the end of season 6 of the Clone Wars, Ahsoka left the Jedi kind of disillusioned. Can you talk about her journey this season
3: and what we're seeing? Yes, so uh, Ahsoka walked away at the end of season 5 of the Clone Wars. You know, she walked away from the Jedi Order. So she was no longer a Jedi. And and the show continued through season six and unfortunately ended before we got to see Ahsoka again. And the series left on a cliffhanger. And the fans knew and even we knew that it was never meant to end that way. We always had more stories to tell. And these characters, especially Ahsoka, didn't get the proper conclusion that they were always meant to have. And I have to give fans credit Because, you know, they never gave up. They, you know, they used the hashtag save the Clone Wars for years and years, despite even us cast members. Like I thought, you know, it's never going to happen. And I'm, I am a hopeful person. Like I'm usually a very positive person, but, you know, I think, you know, we were all so heartbroken when the show ended that we kind of put the show in a special place in our heart under lock and key and protected it there. So, you know, the fans wouldn't give up. So I give them credit Uh, and I give Carrie Beck and Dave Filoni credit for bringing the show back. And so the show picks up where we left off. You know, Ahsoka's walked away from the Jedi Order. She's very much on her own. Uh, She's no longer a Jedi. But, you know, she meets these two strangers, Trace and Rafa. And, you know, she develops a friendship and I don't want to spoil anything. So I'll let everyone watch the episodes on Disney Plus, but it's pretty incredible. And then, you know, of course, with Clone Wars ending and going into Revenge of the Sith and Order 66, obviously we'll see some of that play out. So I'm excited for everyone to watch the episodes. I can't say any more because I don't want to spoil it, but Mm -hmm. we know what happens in episode two, Attack of the Clones, and we know what happens in episode three, Revenge of the Sith. So our episodes are obviously wrapping up what happens in between. So I'm excited for everyone to see it because the episodes are absolutely mind-blowing.
0: Well, in addition to all of your great acting roles, a lot of people know you founded Her Universe, which is the ultimate designer brand for fangirls. For example, I wore your Minnie Mouse-inspired shirt for our video podcast from Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Yes, thank Um, you. And you looked adorable. Thank you for making that. So I heard you had a little help with
3: your first pitch from a galaxy far, far away. Can you talk about that? Yes. Yes, I I did. (laughs) It started with a simple search for a t-shirt. I always had an interest in fashion design as a young girl but my first passion was acting. So when I decided to be an actress, I pretty much solely focused on being an actress, and I kind of gave up my aspirations of being a fashion designer. So when I was cast as the voice of Ahsoka Tano, you know, I was constantly going to events, whether they be at Disney World or Comic Cons, and I wanted Star Wars clothes made for me to wear while I was promoting the show and also to show off my fandom. Well, When I went shopping, as any girl would do, I came up empty-handed, and every single time I ended up at the men's or the boys' section, and I was told to be happy with the men's size small because women and girls wouldn't buy Star Wars clothes made for them. It was pretty shocking because you know, by going to these events, I knew that I wasn't the only girl. I knew that there was women and girls everywhere, so I actually did my research, and I found out that at the time, now this was back in 2009, that 45% of all sci-fi and fantasy fans were women and girls. And that 85% of all consumer purchases were being made by women. And so the math wasn't adding up. You know, I knew that like, if you made us stuff, we would buy it just by the sheer volume of female fans that were out there and by, you know, the amount of female uh, consumers. So I went to Lucasfilm and I said, Hey, I'm one of your actresses and you're not making merchandise for female fans. I'd like to help you do that. And they quickly told me no. And they told me no twice, but they didn't say no to my idea. They said no to how I was going about it. They said, we only work with reputable companies and we only give out licenses. So I took their advice and I went away for about nine months And I started my own company called Her Universe, and I found a manufacturing partner who could help me get a license. And I went back to Lucasfilm, and I said, okay, I did what you told me to do. You know, the fun story behind this, behind the magic, is Lynn Hale, who is an absolute icon at Lucasfilm. She is, uh, you know, I'm terrible at titles, but she's the the head of all PR, you know, yep. for Lucasfilm.
1: You got that right. Lynn is, and, and I agree, she is quite a force to reckon with. She's fabulous. Yes,
3: she is. She is one of my own, I consider myself a Padawan to Lynn Hale. She's <laughs> one of my favorite people in the entire galaxy. And I was in Lynn's office one day up at the Presidio in San Francisco, and I told Lynn, you know, what I've been up to. I I confessed to her and I said, Lynn, I said, you know, I went away for the past nine months. And I said, I've done all this research. I've started my own company. I have a manufacturing partner. I want to apply for a license and I want to make Star Wars merchandise for women and girls. And as luck would have it, literally, or I guess you could say as the force would have it, it Mm -hmm. we were connected. Howard Rothman, who was the head of licensing at that time, happened to walk right by Lynn's office And Lynn stopped and she said, Ashley, hold on. And she just ran out of her office and she was gone for about 10 minutes. Next thing you know, Lynn's assistant walks into her office and she says, Ashley, Lynn wants you in Howard's office. Can you please go down there? So I walk into Howard's office and I've never met Howard before and I, needless to say, I also wasn't prepared for this meeting at the time. I I was just having a friendly conversation with Lynn. I walk in and Lynn goes, okay, Ashley. She goes, I think your idea is great. You have 10 minutes to tell Howard what you've been up to. Go. (laughs) And so I had 10 minutes to pitch my entire concept, everything that I had worked on for the past nine months. And luckily it worked. And Howard said, you know what? I think it sounds like a great idea. We're going to give you a shot. Um, But I'm forever grateful to Lynn Hale because without Lynn doing that, I don't know if her universe would even exist. Love that. Well, from all of the
2: work we've been talking about with you today, you have to have met a lot of amazing people. Speaking of fangirling and fanboying, is there anyone you totally fangirled over? (laughs)
3: Oh, my gosh. All the time. All the time. I am the biggest uh, – I'm just the biggest fan just like everyone else. I mean, I will say I've had the privilege of meeting George Lucas several times now and never fail. Every single time, I am speechless. <laughs> I I literally cannot find my words. All I can like muster up, uh, you know, to say is like, uh, "Thank you for creating Ahsoka Tano, and thank you for allowing me to be in Star Wars." <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's all I can, you know, manage to say. So, you know, I'm a, a big fan of George Lucas, and you know, I have to say uh, this a recent fangirl moment. Fun fact, which a lot of people don't know, is. I was college roommates with Ashley Brown, who was the original Mary Poppins on Broadway. We are, you know, great friends and college roommates. And, you know, she went the Broadway route, which took her to New York. I went the film and television route, which took me to California. And we hadn't seen each other in, oh my gosh, 19 years. And thanks to the D23 Expo, yes, uh, <laughs> we actually ran into each other and it was awesome. It was like no time had gone by. We reconnected. And then recently, I happened to be doing some work at Disney World the same time that Ashley Brown was there doing Festival of the Arts and we were staying at the same hotel and so i ran into ashley again i also got to meet her bestie josh strickland Aww. and totally fangirled over meeting josh and it was awesome you know i'm such a fan of ashley brown she's so talented you know even though i'm her friend i consider myself one of her biggest cheerleaders and so it was just a mutual love fest we geeked out for each other i was also there with my bestie brett iwen who's the voice of mickey mouse and Ah,
1: we've had him on the show. He's fabulous. Yeah.
3: That's what I love about Disney. I mean, you know, Jeffrey. You know, as you know, we've we've gotten to hang out, and I consider you one of my greatest friends. Aww. I'm so grateful. The feeling is you. mutual. Oh well, thank you, thank you, and and Sherry and Candice. I, I can't wait for the day that we get to hang out at Disney as well together. Yes. Oh, yeah. I just love that about Disney, right? I mean, you meet some of your best friends because of Disney. So true. Well, Ashley, I don't know how you have
0: the time for this, but you now also have a little golden book coming out, which I think is one of the coolest things. What is I Am a Padawan about?
3: Well, thank you for asking because this for me is literally like a bucket list level because I grew up the little golden books. I actually learned to read because of the little golden books. Every night we had a massive bookshelf of, you know, little golden books. And my mom would, you know, tell us to pick one out and we read a different one each night. Little golden books, they have this series. It's called the I Am series for Star Wars. And there's I Am a Princess, I Am a Sith, I Am a Pilot. There's a whole series of them already. And Lucasfilm approached me and asked me if I would write one for Ahsoka called I Am a Padawan. And I think it was the fastest I've ever said yes to anything in my entire life. (laughs) And it was a real privilege. I got to write it, which was also surreal. But I was able to take these lessons that Ahsoka learned as a Padawan, which a Padawan is simply a student. It's a Jedi in training. And so, you know, a Jedi in training or a student, this is the time where you're learning these valuable life lessons. And Ahsoka throughout the Clone Wars learned everything from patience to bravery to hope to knowledge to all of these things, you know, that that she learned about friendship and, and, you know, lessons that even as adults we need to be reminded of, lessons about help each other, which you know we need to we're going through right now. So I was able to to take all of these lessons that Ahsoka learned and put them in a book called I Am a Padawan, which you know I hope you know will really help kids learn a lot of these lessons today. Mm.
1: Well I think that's great and I think a little golden book is very cool. But I think maybe even cooler is you got to design your own mouse ears. Your (laughs) princess Leia ear headband is amazing. So how did that come about?
3: Oh my gosh! Like
1: your phone just rings constantly, would you write a little golden book? Would you do your... Would you do it? Year <laughs> oh
3: goodness, it? no, no. It's you know, it, it's. I will tell you, it's it's not constantly, but it's also something I do not take lightly, and I'm forever humbled and grateful for. I feel like the Disney Company has made so many of my dreams come true, and this was one of them. So talk about surreal. Uh, this was truly a surreal opportunity. I was actually in the middle of a meeting. It work, you know, for her universe and the email came in and it was somebody from business affairs at Disney asking if I was interested in designing my own mini mouse ears. Honestly, I had to excuse myself from the (laughs) meeting, And I did. I was like, if I don't respond to this right away, I feel like this message will self-destruct in five
2: seconds.
3: (laughs) 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 Before they realize that they've made a mistake, I'm going to respond to this immediately and say, yes, 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 yes. And I did. And it was for real. And Luckily, not only did they let me design one, but I have two more pairs coming out. So I've had the privilege to design three pairs of Disney designer ears. And I have two new pairs that are about to come out, one inspired by the droids. So it's inspired by R2-D2, BB-8, and C-3PO. And then another pair inspired by Ahsoka Tano, and they're coming out very soon. That is so cool. Well, we like to go along a list of
2: some of our Disney favorites sometimes. So these might be hard questions. They might be easy, but what is your favorite Disney animated movie?
3: So my favorite Disney animated movie is Alice in Wonderland. Uh, above everything, Alice in Wonderland is my favorite Disney character of all time.
1: Well, and you went as Alice in Wonderland to D23 Expo for the masquerade contest, right?
3: Yes, I did. I did. That was believe it or not the first time that I ever truly got to cosplay as Alice in Wonderland and I I will tell you I was just living my best life. <laughs> <laughs> you looked
1: amazing. All right, favorite Disney parks attraction.
3: Ooh. Okay, you know, I don't want my fellow Star Wars fans to uh, get mad at me for this, but I think my favorite park's attraction is Flight of Passage in Pandora. Ooh. I am just obsessed with that ride. It blows my mind every time. Favorite Star Wars movie.
1: <laughs> Ooh.
3: <laughs> favorite Star Wars movie, I would say, is The Empire Strikes Back.
1: Favorite Epcot restaurant.
3: Ooh, my favorite Epcot restaurant is uh, Napoli or Via Napoli in Italy at the World Showcase. Ooh,
1: mm-hmm. good choice! What do you get there? Great
3: choice. My husband, uh, we we take our love of pizza very seriously. You know, it's nothing. <laughs> we don't mess around with our love <laughs> of pizza, and so we get one of the meter sizes, like you know, the big rectangle. We get one just for the two of us. Oh, <laughs> wow! I really respect that. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite Marvel movie? Ooh. My favorite Marvel movie... Oh, gosh. I have so many, but I have to say Endgame. I think, Mm. you know, it changed. My favorite Marvel movie is definitely Endgame. Mm. All right. What about your favorite superhero? My favorite superhero... I got to go with Captain America. I've been a big Captain America Yay. fan. So my favorite Marvel movie before Endgame actually was Captain America Winter Soldier. Mm, Good one. Mm. Still, it's a close second.
1: <laughs> favorite <laughs> Disney park snack?
3: Ooh. Okay. I know this is basic, but my favorite Disney park snack is a churro. I oh. am a massive churro fan. I will, you know, I'm a churro purist. I'll just take a regular churro. But I have to say Disneyland has the better churros. I mean, different types of churros at Disneyland are awesome.
2: Mm.
3: Agreed. Oh, I'm so hungry. Okay. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, what has been your favorite Disney memory? Ooh. you know, my favorite Disney memory would have to be my wedding. I got to have a Disney fairy tale wedding, Aww. and it was always my dream as a little girl to get married at Disney, but my husband and I are from Orlando, and my husband grew up here, so we actually had our ceremony at the church where my husband grew up, and we had the Disney Magical Express buses. Bus everyone from Disney to the church, and then back to Disney, and then we had our wedding reception at the Yacht and Beach Club, and it was truly magical. And my sister also got to have a Disney fairy tale wedding, and we were on the Disney fairy tale wedding show, so her wedding was one of the weddings featured in the very first episode. So, you know, Disney and and fairy tale weddings run in our family, and it was really magical. That
0: sounds like a fairy tale come true. Oh,
1: well, <laughs> yes. Ashley thank you for so much for joining us. I've known you for, for years now and I got to hear stories that I've never heard, which I love.
3: Oh, well, thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me just ramble on and on and just let me share my love of all things Disney, Star Wars, and Ahsoka. So keep up the great work you guys do. Thank you for bringing us you know, inside the magic. It's just been such a pleasure. Well, thanks. We'll be on the lookout for your next big project. <laughs> thank you so much yeah. and in the meantime may the force be with you
1: well thanks everyone for listening to D23 Inside Disney don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe and if you want to chat with us hashtag D23 Inside Disney
0: and for all the latest Disney info check out D23.com and we'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all
2: new episode of D23 Inside, Inside Disney, Disney.